Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erica. And guess who we have today? Aaron. Aaron is back, everybody. (laughs) Aaron is here. Misogynist of the week. The super pod that you all love. Um, Aaron. Hi. What's up? Honestly, I am extremely excited that Misogynist of the Week is my first podcast back. Um, today was kind of a dumpster fire. So you know what? I'm ready to lay it on. I'm, I feel like this is gonna be very cathartic. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be very cathartic for us too, because we've actually never had this person as misogynist of the week on the pod, which really belies, like it really, it really boggles the mind. It does. And, and I think on the one hand, there were plenty of instances where we could have had this person as the misogynist of the week because, I mean, their misogyny is so rampant. But I, I do think the timing is quite poetic. Um, you know, they, they started off on a real personal high um, several years ago and have really, really um, taken a, if you will, a fall from grace. Not that they were ever, you know up there but like for them personally so if you guys don't know yet um that descent by the way the (laughs) descent of this man's career was like that escalator was a metaphor Mm. i'm just saying Mm. i just thought of that i just thought of that metaphor so uh if you don't know we're talking about donald j trump soon to be ex-president donald j trump possibly soon to be the defendant donald j trump in several (laughs) several several cases yeah and who has um let's see what has he done now he's collected a, a broad array of misogyny that really spans um time and place if you will you know it trends it's transcendent his misogyny it is transcendent, I will say that. <laughs> I mean, so let's start off with the infamous Access Hollywood tape. And I think we can go from there. I moved on her and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news there. No, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was marriages. And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch, but I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. I could do anything. Pull the hell. Hello. How are you? Hi. So after that tape, it was, um, I was shocked that he got elected after oh, that tape. 
absolutely. We all thought that was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say beginning of the end, but I think that we all thought that that was going to severely hinder his chances to become president. Like, I think the Clinton campaign at the time really was just like, thank fucking God. This is like what we needed. I mean, little did they know, but. Yeah, yeah. Especially after um, those emails and Comey's part in that. Can mm. I just say, the, Comey, like being reborn as some progressive hero is gross to me. Okay, I just want to say that. As an aside, James Comey is a messy bitch. And. <laughs> I do love a messy bitch, but like his actions have the most, some of the most severe consequences. So it's not like, it's not like Michael Barbaro messy bitchness or like whatever. Um, It's like actual real life consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a cop. So, you know, that's the other thing too. That's true. Um, so, you know, starting from Access Hollywood, we have how many rape, uh, allegations? I mean, I don't know if we want to go with rape, but, um, sexual assault. Yeah. I think sexual assault, there are 26 sexual assault allegations, or sorry, perhaps it's more accurate to say, quote unquote, unwanted sexual contact, uh, whatever that means. And uh, 43 instances of inappropriate behavior. And those were all detailed in a book called All the President's Women, Donald Trump, and the Making of a Predator, um, which included over 100 interviews um, that added to the previously two, previous two dozen women who would accuse him of sexual assault or misconduct. I have to say that's what angers me. What angers me is that he had to like incite, um, incite insurrection. I mean, we all knew he was a treasonous bitch from this from the first like impeachment, and the fact is is that you know his role in, um, in like. What his misogyny was not even like a blip to anybody. It was a secondary thing. It was, uh, oh, I guess like that was, I felt like that was the entire reaction for the, for the four years. And it just goes to show how women and women like still don't matter. That's my point. That's my really messily put point. Yeah, I I think what you're trying to say is that like, it was very much just like a given. And we're like, okay, we all know that this man is a misogynist. We all know that he's a predator. So like, let's just move on from that. And that's just like an addendum to the conversation. Yeah, it's like, oh, but he cut my taxes. So it's fine. Yeah. And you're like, bitch, it ain't fine. It's not fine. So on the one hand, like we, the royal we as like a society... Um, who are taking it who not that you and I are taking advantage of like the tax cuts but no you know like we we excuse that behavior because we like the policies for example and we add it on at the tack it on at the end of a sentence or on a news story to be like oh right also this thing but like we're tired of making it the main story so we're going to dismiss all of the like the lived experiences 
of these women um, who are trying to tell their stories and being dismissed. And we're just continuing to treat women like garbage. And then for the women who do speak out and for those who take them seriously, it's, oh, cancel culture. Yeah. 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 Because like the, the whole like Republican story of like, well, like due process and, you know, it, it only really counts if like a Democrat does it or whatever, and, or we're hypocrites or whatever. I am so tired of that fucking logic because you only investigate allegations that you think are serious. And like, no one is saying don't investigate them. We're just saying that we need to start from a place of, yeah, this, this is worth investigating and we're going to get to the, the bottom of like what actually happened from like a very neutral standpoint, which obviously the Republicans don't ever take it from. And what kills me is the hypocrisy because this is the same Republican party that impeached Trump. I mean, impeached Clinton for Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. And I'm just like, which is a whole nother story I get because Bill Clinton is just, he's another predator, but, and, and he lied, like, and he lied, but, uh, it's, it's amazing how much, uh, our societies collectively want, are able to excuse or want to excuse for the whole purpose of white supremacy. And it's amazing to me also how white supremacy is patriarchy at the same time. Yeah. And like, you've talked about this before and you talked about it earlier this week with like the white woman of the insurrection. And um, so I I host a, a, a BIPOC author book club and we, in addition to reading books, we also watch movies and Erica, you participated in this discussion about black Klansmen where the oh yeah because i watched the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah with because um the white the white wife of one of the like nazis was like happy to do their bidding and like was just like oh like i belong in the kitchen like i'm happy to serve you uh dinner while you're like plotting the murder of innocent people yeah because that's they feel like that's their um their part in the whole enterprise and I you know the last four years has made me a bit like depressed (laughs) in a way because it's I it's it's how far we haven't come that far since like you know the feminine mystique you know what I mean and then we haven't come that far And like, in addition to Trump's misogyny, or as part of Trump's misogyny, you know, he puts that into play with his policies, you know, Um, where did paid parental leave go? Didn't happen. Who does that affect? Women, mostly, right? Uh, And then you've got the whole Amy Coney Barrett of it all and her like, pro-life views are like, sorry, perhaps anti-abortion views and like, anti-women's healthcare. He also wanted to take away healthcare um from millions of people and even now in this massive recession 
those numbers, jobs numbers in the US from December, where it was like a, what, 140 to 160,000 jobs in the US, 80 to 90% of those were women and women of color. US employers cut 140,000 jobs in December. According to the latest jobs report, women accounted for all the losses, losing 156,000 jobs, while men gained 16,000. I mean, think about that. It's women who, because now that like the pandemic has gone on for so long and it's getting worse and therefore schools are closed. So kids have to stay home and people, you know, men so often make so much more money in America than women. Um, Like the pay gap is just so much larger, particularly in the private sector. And therefore it's the women who are now are suffering because they have more precarious or lower paying employment and have to leave the workforce because they now have to homeschool their children. The gender wage disparity, excuse me, is growing. Mm -hmm. Um, Blacks and Latinas lost jobs in December while white women made significant gains again. And that's, you know, that's what white supremacy is. It leaves behind a lot of women, even if it benefits white women, it does leave behind a lot of women, but on the whole, it doesn't really benefit women. Yeah. Like that's, that's the thing. It hurts women too. All women, not just black and Latina and indigenous women. And so part of the reason is because those women disproportionately work in some of the hardest hit sectors of the pandemic often in roles that lack paid sick leave um, and caregiver leave and the ability to work from home. And as you're saying, as schools and daycares closed, there were hard trade-offs to be made and a lot of women left the workforce, Uh as you just just mentioned. So for three months a year ago, women held more jobs than men in the U.S., something that had only occurred one other time in history during a short period in 2009 and early 2010. Oh, wow. I would have said um, during the Second World War, but... But it depends on what you call military. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how they. How they. Whether they considered military like functioning fully employed or not. So I guess right. that's a measurement thing. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the state of our our society now is that women keep losing out, and it just goes to show it doesn't matter how much you know, um, girl boss bullshit you put, you put forth or how much corporate feminism mm-hmm. was put together that, you know, one Sheryl Sandberg does not mean that we have reached some sort of equality. Like it does not. A Hillary Clinton doesn't mean that either. No. So what is happening with women like writ large? And it doesn't matter the country either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that like, I I do want to talk about some of like the disparaging comments that Trump has made about women, but I think that it's also important to recognize that like Sheryl Sandberg and her lean in quote unquote feminism Mm -hmm. um, isn't necessarily wrong. And like, I just think that we, we just think that means 
having the highest power job, having the full family, having 2.5 children, having all of the kids in, you know, sports and dance and having a happy marriage and a good sex life, like you like literally it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the wrong way to look at it. I think that having it all, whatever that means to you is as long as you're happy, like if you have a job that you're happy with and it, you're not a CEO, great. Mm-hmm. But if you are a CEO and you're happy, also great. Mm-hmm. But it's just trying to find a balance that works for you. And to me, that's what that like lean in is. is like one, it's like being able to send up for yourself and like ask for what you want. And I think that's probably a really important and overlooked part of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's having it all is just so subjective. Yes, it is. I blame Oprah who started this, having Mm. these conversations in the nineties and, you know, can women have it all? Well, what is having it all? Which is what you just said. Like, what is that? Yeah. And, um, oh, so in the guardian today, furlough. So the ability to work from home was refused to 71% of UK working mothers while schools were shut what yeah wow yeah so that so uh tuc which is a trade union umbrella body surveyed fifty thousand women in the uk and has revealed the crisis facing working mothers as and was described as a cry for help oh god yeah so um 48% 48% fear childcare responsibilities will lead to negative treatment at work. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And yeah, the way we just structure work is also deeply flawed, I think. Yeah. But... Uh, 90% have felt their anxiety and stress increase during the latest lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a nightmare for women. It's a nightmare. Absolutely. And like, I definitely know dads who do do like the primary caregiving and it's tough for them. So it's like tough across the board, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, like the brunt of the, the job losses definitely are women. Yeah. And the other thing too, is um, the structure, the employment, the labor structure is made for men. Yep. And so a man is not going to have the same sort of negative consequences of childcare, of taking care of his kids in the workplace and taking time off to do so as a woman would. In fact, he's lauded for it. Yes. Anyway, it's a shitty situation. So let's go back to Trump. Nobody respects women more than Donald Trump. That I can tell you. Nobody. Nobody. She gets out and she starts asking me all sorts of ridiculous questions. And, you know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes, uh, blood coming out of her wherever. Donald Trump said the following about you, quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that the face of our next president? Mr. Trump later said he was talking about your persona, not your appearance. Please feel free to respond what you think about his persona. You know, it's interesting to me, Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. 
going to beat Obama. I don't know who'd be worse. I don't know. How does it get worse? But she was going to beat, she was favored to win, and she got schlonged, she lost. What used to be considered a great tactic. Seventy percent of that vote of Jeb Bush endorsing our campaign this morning. You know, courageous conservatives probably know by now that most of the things that Donald Trump says have no basis in reality. So we are um, not worried in the least for focusing on our campaign. Uh, it's Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren. Is it offensive? You tell me. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Pocahontas. And Pocahontas is not happy. She's not happy. She's the worst. Pocahontas, it's Pocahontas. I said, I'd like to apologize to Pocahontas. Isn't at least owning that that's, uh, that's what occurred. said she doesn't look presidential. I really do believe that. Well, yes. What do you mean by that? Well, I just don't think she has a presidential look. somebody who's been very vicious to me, Rosie O'Donnell. I said very tough things to her, and I think everybody would agree that she deserves it, and nobody feels sorry for her. Take a look. You take a look. Look at her. Look at her words. You tell me what you think. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was sitting with him on an airplane, and he went after me on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to go after. Believe me, she would not be my first choice, that I can tell you. Man. My Social Security payroll contribution will go up, as will Donald's, assuming he can't figure out how to get out of it. Uh, but what we want to do is to replenish the Social Such a Security nasty Trust woman. Fund. The events never happened. Never. All of these liars will be sued after the election is over. You'll have plenty of those Democrats coming over, and you're going to say, no, sir, no, thank you. No, ma'am, perhaps, ma'am. It may be Pocahontas. Remember that. How do you overcome that when someone like Senator Warren, literally, Elizabeth Warren, literally says people are going to die because of President Trump's health care bill? Well, I actually think she's a hopeless case. I call her Pocahontas, and that's an insult to Pocahontas. We have all of this beautiful Irish press. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from RTE. Katrina Perry. She has a nice smile on her face, so I bet she treats you well. Never meant, never one to mince his words. No. Um, he once referred to Stephanie Clifford, aka Stormy Daniels, as horse face. So you know, very very kind of him. Mm -hmm. um, he's also 
you know, uh, called other women and uh, ugly, um, telling them that they're fat. Um, he called one woman a crazed, crying low life. He, he's called them dogs. Uh, he said that, you know, Hillary Clinton went to the bathroom during a debate in 2015. He said it was too disgusting to talk about. Um, he said, called, said a woman had a, the face of a pig. Like, this is just the most disgusting stuff ever. Like, yeah. Yeah, and we, and we normalized it. Yeah. That's the disgusting thing. We normalized it. Yeah. And it was fine. And it was, well, you know, and it was all of those things. And it was just, I, I just, now that, now that the, the sort of tide is receding, the tide is going out and you see all the like bottle, broken bottles and shit all over the place. Um, really painting a picture here. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> you know, now that that's happened, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's gross. It's gross. It's garbage. And it's amazing to me what we put up with for four years. But for don't four worry. Years. But don't b- worry. Republicans in Congress are calling for unity. <laughs> we just know now that U-N-I-T-Y is just, it's just bullshit. It's just terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. I was hoping you were going to give me a poem there. (laughs) No, I, I, I just, there's only so many eye rolls I can do. I feel like my eyes are going to get stuck or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like, I think on a whole, at least people I know, are better at body at not body shaming people and making comments about people's physical appearance, but I, I don't know that that's true in the more general public. Well, I just wonder if anything associated with Trump is is just like per, like toxic now. Mm. You know, I I wonder if we've gotten to that point. Um, CNN Health had a. Um, uh, an article recently about um, v- you know valuing there was a study done by whom uh, by the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America yeah actually that they have some interesting studies I'm just saying mm-hmm. like some really good stuff so um, they basically said that um you know those who value male dominance um support trump will support trump more than likely which is not it's nothing it's nothing like earth shattering but it's still good to have evidence so men men and women who endorse hegemonic masculinity an idealized form of manhood where white heterosexual men have power status and dominance over women gay men men with disabilities racial and religious minorities and other groups are more likely to be supporters for u.s president donald trump than those who don't embrace 
dominant masculinity, according to this research, which is something that I was kind of getting to in my article this week for the Hill Times. And so um, what this work shows is that masculinity is not just an ideology that men strive to achieve. Uh It's something we value as a culture. I I also, and it's, it's systemic, it's systemic and it's structural. And I don't think we've done enough to, um, to really address the, the structural nature of this kind of masculinity. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this, the article you're referencing and this um, does refer to the 2020 election um, because I think that some of the the polling was off in areas like Florida because it underestimated the amount uh, that Latino men and some black men would support Trump um, because traditionally those aren't communities that do. But, and I have never heard this word used so much as I did in that, like the couple weeks following the election, and that is machismo. Yeah. Um, about how these communities, these groups of men, value um, machismo, um, and therefore view that in Donald Trump um, as some sort of like avatar for masculinity. Yeah, and I think that explains a lot of that sort of within those groups the gender differentials Mm -hmm. between with the voting and how more latinas and black women voted democrat than white then sorry than corresponding cultural men Mm -hmm. basically what i'm saying yeah and and it and you know those women support democrats because they know that Democrats will enact policies that will help them. All right. So uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. Okay.